In a world of EMS podcasters, EMS Office Hours is the only live podcast bringing you the latest topics and opinions in EMS. Turn down your scanner and turn up your speakers as we join Jim Hoffman and Josh Knapp on their latest EMS podcasting journey. Welcome to EMS Office Hours. This is Jim Hoffman. And this is Josh Knapp. Josh. On our uh, latest journey. Yeah, we've been, this is the latest journey. We've been absent for a little bit. I know we have scheduling stuff going on. But. Yeah, major stuff, right? I know, listen, uh, I think for the most Life part. Life happened. Yeah, we're pretty consistent with I, what. What we do uh, here, no. yeah, yeah. Like I mentioned, yeah. I mean, we last week. I said, you know, we, it's that it's that end of um, end of summer scheduling conflict stuff going on, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, of course, we. No, are, I had to make up some hours, man. I just uh, I had no choice. I mean, yeah. Listen, every we day. we are slaves to the man. Yes, yes, <laughs> it is it's true. Well, uh, of course, we are sponsored by EMS Manager, um, and I'll talk about that a little bit later on, but go check them out. It's over at emsmanager.net. You can get a free trial of their innovative and uh, easy-to-use EMS employee scheduling and management software, so go check that out, and I'll have a little uh, uh, more information about them a little bit later on in the show. Um, but uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. What do I want to start? Well, I do want to mention um, on the main site at emsseo.com, uh, I do have sort of two new features there that I'm putting up on the site. One is a uh, microwave medic, which is a, a, a video sort of thing. I, I did the while back. I kind of stopped it because just uh, I couldn't keep up with the uh, – doing it every week on top of everything else, so it slowly kind of went to the back burner. But I think what I could do is to kind of revive it and put it on the main site, not really having a schedule, but putting it up there as, you know, tips and tricks and and little nuances that people can try to check out and maybe can help them, you know, every day out in the field. And the other thing I did is something called Jim Recommends on the main site as well, and that's stuff I put out there. I see if I see you know uh, videos or articles or resources that um, I think might might be beneficial to the membership. I put it um, in that little section. So the two new little areas of the site, uh, you can go to emsseo.com and you'll see it up in the navigation uh, there. So go check that out. Um, and like that, there, Josh. Anything going on on your end? Um, well, I may have an announcement coming up uh, next week or the week after. I'm sort of going to hold it a little close to my vest, but it's uh, I'm probably rolling out a new product. Oh, really? So, uh, yeah, yeah. Hmm. I've been. It's been a while. Uh, you you were actually seeing some of the prototypes, early development, and you know, after checking it out and going back and forth and having a lot of people, a lot of people weigh in because it's kind of controversial. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, there's really, it's just, it's like one of those things. If you use it to do bad things, you're responsible for it. If mm. you use it to do the things it was designed to do, then you should be okay. And that's the bottom line. And, you know, we're just going to have to trust people to, uh, um, to not do bad things. Right. right. Which is uh, hopefully in this community. Am I? I, I hopefully I'm not being um, I'm not know. being naive. Well, we'll have to. I guess you'll have to see. Yeah. You know. Uh, I mean, listen. I think the, one of the things that uh, that you do and that I do. I mean, you, you, we we both sort of take risks when it comes to what we do. You know. Mm -hmm. um, and part of the risk is trying to put stuff out there for uh, people, you know, that um, we feel will be useful to them out in the field. Well, you know, you and I are both working medics, and we've been EMTs, and we know the deal of what we need. And so, yeah, that's what we're, uh, mm -hmm. uh, that's what, that's what we do, man. So, look, if... Uh, if if this thing pisses people off, then so be it. I'm I'm done with that part because I've had enough people who say, "When am I?" Who've seen the prototype, who want it, that I I think I have to do it. Mm. That's all there is to it, you know. And we'll have something to talk about on this show. It'll be controversial, but you know, uh, what part of our job isn't controversial nowadays? Yeah. Holy crap! You know, I was uh, talking about. Uh, uh, controversial um, I had a friend of mine who I'm hoping to be a guest on this show he's uh, a 30 year medic and he's retired now and he teaches 12 leads and EMT classes and paramedic classes and you know he's one of those really good lecturers really practical experience real world been there done that he still volleys and um, he read something that he brought my attention to. I haven't seen it yet, but it was about EMS pay. And uh, one of the guys on uh, this, um, one of the guys, he, and I'll have more, we'll have more on this next week as well. I hate to keep on, you know, alluding to our future shows. but hey, you lots know, of alluding going on here. Yeah, right. Well, you know what? People have to tune in, and they're going to have to. We're back in the saddle. We had a we had a sort of a, a summer break. We had a hiatus, and and for some people, a hiatus is what you know five weeks, you know six months. We take a couple of weeks off, and we get grief from everybody. So you know we're back. We're doing it. Relax. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean it's a whole thing. And basically, the guy's topic was that EMS is not a hobby. And if you're in it and treating it as a hobby, you're not helping anybody. So, um, you know, I think oh. we'll have something to discuss about that later on. Uh, oh. I was looking at uh, another site on Facebook, and they had uh, a pretty funny uh, one of those slides that go up. And it's actually kind of not too funny. It's a little poignant. Um, but... Um, it's uh, the combination, uh, the uh, the uh, um, what uh, what are you? They are they are showing a paramedic and a. It's comparing a paramedic and a fast food worker. 
Wow. Yeah. And, uh, you know, two years of technical school at a cost of about $5,000. I don't know what state this was done in, but if you're, if you're in New York, you're going to pay what now? What's it upstate? I know it's about eight grand here in New York City. Um, you know, I don't know. But it's a, it's a it's, boatload it's, of it's, money. It's around the same amount. Back in the day, it was like five grand. I paid a little bit over five grand. Yeah. And I, I paid six. Through, so. Right? Yeah. yeah. No but I had, I, had the, uh, I had the podcast a discount. Right. 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 Yeah. Um, I didn't get that discount. Oh. I wasn't a podcaster until I became a medic. Mm. Apparently, you know, the the standards of podcasting now have been raised. Yeah. And it's funny to the general public because yeah, a lot of people come out and podcast that really shouldn't be, but Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's funny the the you know, the you talk about pay and this is something really when when you see um you know some of the images from 9/11 that you see on Facebook people put on there and there's one picture of the ambulance of an ambulance that's totally, you know, burnt out, you know. Um, it's and, a Presby bus too, right? And, no, this is a, this one's a Fidney bus, I think. But but the thing is that you know you talk about paying, you like you know, that's the type of danger that you know not you know it's not like you're gonna get a nine eleven every day, but you know it's that type of danger that. You, you have the potential of walking into, you know, and the compensation is, is ridiculous. You know, and people talk about, you know, it's not even just the... the oh, you the, mean being paid enough to risk your life? Yeah, I mean... Is anybody paid enough to risk their life? I mean, doesn't well, it it's not so even that. It's, it's just, it's a matter of being compensated in some way. You know, not even say, not even say paid, uh, um, but to be put in that potentially be put in that position um and have to work two jobs to to take care of your family you know or and three. have yeah or three or or you know would be concerned about maybe getting hurt and not having enough benefits to fall back on you know and uh, yeah you can go you know, the, the, the argument of uh, education being the key to getting more pay and, and stuff like that. And, you know, you go round and round with that. And you know, we've done it on this show. Yeah, but, you know, we've done it on that show. And, we, and, and you and I have had this discussion. Uh, and you're especially sensitive to repeating what we talk about. But, damn it, this is one of those things that we need to repeat and we need to keep in the in the forward part of the conversation because it's important as safety you know I was having a conversation with um, uh, a um, a gentleman who has uh, had multiple supervisory positions in EMS and he's worked at a few shops and um, you know, he was telling me, oh, be glad that you have a three-year-old ambulance and that it's maintained because there are people out there in 10-year-old ambulances without AC, without this, without that. Mm. And it's like, you know, it's at what point are we worth preserving? Because you're so susceptible to, to have that mentality. 
Like, you know, you, you, even be you, happy you have a job. Mentality. Yeah, right. I mean, you get people, you can go on, on Facebook on any of these Facebook pages and you'll get people saying, um, I, I goofed around a little while back with, with the, uh, the picture they had with, um, you know, the duct tape and like the, the, the air conditioning from the back being funneled to the front. With, with yeah, the, that was awesome. The, you know, people and people were commenting on that. Well, that's my. I did that last week. I did that this, and it's just like sort of like I don't know if it's just this acceptance and like you said, be happy you have a job mentality or the mentality of, um, uh, uh, uh you know, like it's like almost a badge of honor to have to to you know to to put yourself through that, you know. Just like the badge of honor, like when you get the, you know, everybody, everybody, at least once in their career, you end up getting those bariatric patients that you end up having to, you know, take windows and doors off and stuff to get them out of the house. And that's like this badge of honor that's, you know, that you've earned as an EMS provider that you've finally had that patient. You had to rip the windows off and take the frames out and call the car department and the, all that type of stuff to, to get them out of the house, you know. Well, yeah, I mean, in my hospital, you know, they, they have a pretty decent budget, but they decided to get the, the new uh, super-duper electric stretchers. Uh -huh. that, uh, and I remember when the two-man stretchers, you know, the one-and-a-half-man stretchers came out fully, you know, the new uh, Stryker Inferno stretchers. And everybody bitched and said, oh, they're so heavy. And I'm like, what the f are you going to lift the stretcher? Are you going to carry the stretcher? I mean, the whole reason for these is you back them up to the ambulance. You don't lift. You don't have to drop it and lift the whole thing into the bus anymore. And so they now got the, they got the electric ones. You press the button, and the laser go off. Well, no. Beyond that, you know, like the ones in Europe where you don't have to touch anything. They just you just bring them up to the back, and a hook pulls them in. Okay. There, there, there are now ones that are zero lift stretchers. You uh, you just basically roll them. The patient gets on them. You raise them to the back, and then this uh, carriage uh, device comes out, lifts it up, and uh, pulls it in. And it's uh, you know I mean it's it's only for oh you're right there yeah damn just hit me man what the hell is that. Well, I, I did. Uh, I got out today. It was a gorgeous day. I hope it was beautiful up upstate. Wasn't it? Was nice? all right. Yeah. Yep. Okay. It was gorgeous down here, and I went for a ride with my buddy, and we just uh, we got to the halfway mark and said, "Ah, what's another ten miles? Ah, what's another five miles?" So we ended up doing like uh, forty plus miles on our bikes. Oh. oh. And so, uh, yeah, you know, I feel good. My legs are a little sore, but I did. Uh, I did four. Uh, nice, nice. It's a start, man. I'm but on a on a on a, one of those mountain bike trails, you know, with the with the roots and stones and rocks. And well, you're not one of those crazy people that go flying off the rocks on purpose, are you? No, I know people no. who do that. It's just well, it's funny, you know. It's it, it, it kind of goes on the same lines as my my recent wave on the story where you know you do stuff like that and and you. you and while you're doing it, being an EMS person, I said to myself, okay, I know why people end up calling 911 because they didn't think things through before they started doing these adventurous things that they have never done before. <laughs> That's usually that, that, that split-second thought 
that occurs to you while you're in the air? Yeah. Like what the? You know. Well, I told you. I, I think I told you. I told you about the, my wave runner thing, right? When I went off into the water and you know can't swim. You know. Yeah. yeah. It's the same type of thing. It's like you know. Yeah, I'm on this bike and I'm like, what am I doing? But we all know how to float, Jim. Oh, I could float fine. Just getting back on the damn thing and getting to it's a whole other story. You know. But, um, yeah, it's just, uh, you know, it, it, it's funny because, they, like you said, it's just this, I don't know, man. It, I don't know what the answer is. And I think that this conversation that not just us, you see, goes on a lot. And whether it's in a, in a sort of an informal format like a podcast like this or in a format of an article or whatever, you know, there's no, no one seems to agree on the, 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 the method to get us to that, that solution. Right. That, like that. what's, we all know what the fucking problem is, but what's the solution? And yeah. the solution, part of the solution is keeping it up front in the conversation. The other part is, is recognizing that there is a problem because a lot of people go, you know, this is the way we did it. This is the way we've always done it. This sure. is the way I did it when I was on the, you know, what I'm finding from a lot of uh, management, unfortunately, a lot of management uh, that I'm finding hasn't been off the bus that long and wasn't on the bus that long to start with. But that's another, that's another topic, you know, you know, because at, there used to be a point when you, when you survived the gauntlet of, 15, 20 years in EMS on the bus, you know, you would then get moved to a desk job. And then within that parameter of a desk job, within several years, you'd move up to larger and larger uh, areas of responsibility and higher uh, uh, ends of management. And yeah. it seems to have changed somewhere where, you know, people sort of are put into a management position that maybe don't belong there. And and we see this throughout. I mean, I hear it all over the country. Yeah, I was going to say that. You, you hear a lot of that coming on. But I wonder, though, how, you know, to some point, how much of that is just people being disgruntled of yeah, where they work. Yeah, but I think also there's, a, there's some, listen. And their, you know, and their perception of someone being right. a bad manager. Right. You know, we don't, I mean, listen, I was a supervisor for for a while, and you get that from, from employees. And I what I found was a, a big part of that was because we couldn't, as managers, you can't share every little detail that's going on at the management level with every single employee. So they don't understand that bigger picture. They don't understand a lot of times the reason why behind what's going on or policy that's being put in place. Maybe it's financial, maybe it's a legal reason, maybe it's a, a, a training reason, maybe it's, you know, who knows what, the, a union reason, whatever the, the the case may be. So, you know, and one thing that I, and I thought to realize that when I, I went to one of these management uh, classes and they talked about that, you know, about the, the, the reason why a lot of people get disgruntled because they don't know the bigger picture. And they gave, you know, some ideas and, 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 and sort of encouraged us to try to keep people in the loop. Yeah, well, you know? listen, I've to, been, to a point. I mean, you're not going to you know, give them every little detail, but to a point. 
obviously, you know, there are things that you cannot tell uh, or you don't want out in the public venue. Um, but the truth of the matter is uh, with most of the things that I've seen kept sort of away from the away from um, common information is it doesn't have to be it's just it's just oh well I know this but I'm keeping it because this knowledge gives me some gives me something that you don't have yeah. and it's not necessarily the most it's not necessarily for a strategic reason um, and I have found that there are, you know, I've been through some corporate management programs and there's very little that you can't share with your team. There's very little that, you know, can't be distributed. And those things, the truth of the matter is, is most people on the day-to-day -day on the front lines aren't really even concerned with those aspects. I mean, certainly there are within our, our, our world like salaries and things like that, but that's sort of a, a common knowledge that it's not public knowledge. But yeah. there are other things, you know, why we do things or it's a union thing only or if it's a – that can be shared and it's not a big deal. Um, you know, what time – when do the buses come off lease? When do the buses – Yeah, right, stuff like PM? that. You know, some people feel like they should be involved in the, um, in in in, in the whole process of um, every decision that comes down the line. Yeah, every decision that goes on, exactly. And that, and that's a matter of your management, uh, you know, ability to communicate. That says, look, we're telling you this. This is not something out there for a vote. We're not a democratic process. We're a corporate process. Yeah. And these are the reasons that we're doing these things. You know, we cut back on certain things because of billing. We cut back on other things because of our budget. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, it's, yeah. uh, I, I don't think that it's that big. Yeah. Oh, no, nice. I, we, I think we have a caller on the line. Sweet. Let me Bring see him in. Get him in here. I'm up there. I'm on a hold for a little bit. Hello. 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 How are you? Hey. Hey, Tim. How you doing? Pretty good. How are you guys? All right. Tim, long time no speak to. How are you doing? Oh, okay. Yeah, right. Finally, uh, not doing something at this time on uh, Sunday night. Wow. Oh, I tried to on hold so long. I was on. I was actually looking at a Facebook page, and while well, Josh was was talking and I didn't see you uh, sitting there on a hall we brought you in a little sooner so sorry about that Tim did you go to the expo this this year in Vegas yes okay sweet so how was it hot <laughs> yeah I bet right <clears throat> there were a lot of good presentations um, oh yeah there's a bunch of stuff on evidence by Baxter Larman and uh, Dr. Beeson and um, one other person. But uh, there was also a great presentation by Dr. Bledsoe on uh, spinal immobilization. Oh, boy. Oh, and uh, he felt that, you know, we're doing it wrong and it should be brought back for every single patient? Yeah, that's <laughs> the way he looks at it. Yeah, yeah I know. There was some evidence that it's not more... 
uh, you know, that there's some benefit from it, but there isn't. Yeah. Or if there was definitive evidence that just doing it willy-nilly actually causes more problems than good. I mean, concrete. Definitive. Oh, there is evidence of that. There's plenty of evidence of that. Hey, I don't know, Tim, but if you're following, I, I heard, I don't know, Josh, if you heard this too, somebody was telling me the day I got into discussion with someone about, about that and, you know, that it's not really shown to, to really, you know, um, really or help anybody when we're doing more harm than good uh, using it. And someone said exactly. that uh, New York State is looking to do less of it. Uh, New York State is trying to get well, along uh, with of uh, some of the other states. The National Association of National Association of EMS Physicians and the American College of Surgeons Committee on Trauma just uh, put out a position paper and they voted it in back in I think it was February, but it was in this most recent or the September edition of pre-hospital emergency care. And it says if they're walking on scene, a collar with or without a board and secured to the stretcher is uh, enough. You don't need the board. And mm -hmm. these are you know, the people who are the experts in the field finally admitting that there's no evidence behind uh, putting somebody who's up and walking on a board. And those are and, the ones that we always right. got as the warnings of, well, oh, this yeah, person walked into the hospital and turned their head and all of a sudden they were a quad. And now we're saying, <laughs> yeah, forget about it. That's nonsense. Right, and those are the ones that, you know, back in the day we were taught the standing takedown. Oh, if they're walking, oh, you got to stop them and, and lay them down on a board, and we still teach us. It's still, it's, the standing takedown is still taught in PHTLS today, and I'm like, what well, the hell? Well, next PHTLS won't be in there. Sweet. That's nice to hear. Because uh, the American College of Surgeons is, uh, the Committee on Trauma does PHTLS. So. Right. Since they're taking it out, I would expect that they will take it out of their classes. Well, was there any discussion about some of the added uh, detriment that it brings to certain patients, like geriatrics, who are more uh, prone to um, uh, decubitus ulcers? And uh, just being on a longboard, even though you don't see one, uh, at you know, causes enough necrotic buildup in the uh, in the tissue with the pressure on it that they, they lo and behold, person who's been on a long board develops one later on, you know, because, and they were discussing that. Excellent. Because I had a lecture in geriatrics recently and the doctor was very much, you know, he's absolutely very pro geriatric, uh, up triaging, very, you know, being vigilant, being aggressive, but he said, be careful because there are certain things that, you know, you can do in your aggressiveness that you would think would be normal along the uh, line of standard of care that's actually a detriment. And that was one of the things that he uh, talked about. Yeah, you also have kyphosis, which is the curvature of the spine that uh, many elderly people have, and trying to fit their spine to a flat board when their spine is more like a question mark. 
Um, yeah. We're told Even the, had the voice. Oh, come on, just press as hard. If, uh, yeah, we're told <laughs> to pad the voids as if uh, it's our fault that we're using the wrong piece of equipment to try to stabilize the spine. A flat yeah. board is completely inappropriate for stabilizing a spine, but we're supposed to make up for its deficiencies. Right. Well, even the, the patient, I had a patient recently, who, who older woman who fell, and, she, you know, she did not, she wanted no, no part of it because she had severe arthritis. And she said, I cannot lay she on can refuse flat. Yeah. And she was, you know, and that's what she did. And I was like, thank God. You know, I mean, she fell, hit her head. And she had no, you know, nothing, uh, uh, no back or neck pain or anything like that. It was, you know, she had pain to the, her face from hitting her face on the, on the floor. But she was laying on her side when we got there. She was like, I'm laying on my side because I can't lay on my back because I can't lay flat. I'll, you know, the pain is excruciating. And we can call medical command if the patient isn't oriented enough to refuse but won't tolerate being on their back. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, um, but I, you know, I, I like seeing more and more people coming out and discussing this and, and trying to get away from it, um, you know, because really it, it's, I find it to be such uh, I feel it's like it's so ridiculous half the time, and and I find myself, you know, just only embarrassed that I'm doing it. Well, yeah, uh, you know, it's I find myself well, embarrassed doing it sometimes. You know, yeah. What we need to do is focus on doing what's best for the patient instead of trying to defend an antiquated, inefficient, obsolete, harmful practice. Yeah. What mm -hmm. works? We don't know. We need to study it and find out what works. And we have the people who are defending backward saying it would be unethical to deprive patients of the standard of care. Well, it's gradually becoming not the standard of care. The standard of care is becoming not using a backboard. Yeah. Well, it's the standard of care is becoming informed and educated and understanding, you know, uh, processes that we may have done in the past just because somebody said to do it was not evidence-based. And now we need to go and justify things on a basis of the evidence of research. And it's, it's you know, it's almost like, you know, peeking our head up through the dark ages. I don't think that we're quite there because I think that, you know, as Jim and I were talking about earlier, we're still in that area where we're not valued as a skill set and a, and a profession. I mean, and I say that, Tim, because I, I sort of base that value on the amount that we're paid. And, uh, you know, you might have something to say about that, but, uh, you know, I think that when a society values a position, they pay you more. No, I'm very happy with what I get paid. I think I'm going to buy another continent tomorrow, maybe Australia. Nice. You know, I, you know, and I always envisioned you as a man with... You know what it is? It's, it's, all the, it's all the blogging money you get, Tim. Now, is Australia a continent or an island? I mean, they are surrounded it's by both. water. <laughs> so you get two things at once. But, you know, I mean, there, there, there has to be a point that we're... That there's a recognition of what we bring. And I think that, you know, these are all connected 
uh, these are all connected subjects. I mean, like, I, I, I'm willing to bet that that your that your uh, group in Pennsylvania, Tim, doesn't use the electric stretchers yet. Not yet. Yeah. Uh, I, is there any talk of them? I, uh, I don't know what the bosses are talking about, but I don't anticipate that's going to be one of uh, the things we see coming up. And I wonder, Tim, you know, you talk about that, Josh, and I, I wonder, like, where where are the priorities, you know, for us as, as, a, as a profession if, if we're more worried about, you know, things like that rather than looking more into the protocols that we're using and, and, and you know, focusing more on the patient care aspect of what we're doing, which is what we're here for, more than, you know, uh, getting a fancy electrical stretcher. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I think that there's, there's, I think there's a lot of broken things. For the weak person. Well, I think there's a lot of broken things. And at what point are maybe, you know, it's there to prevent injury? You know, there's a lot of broken things within EMS between our protocols, the way the, uh, the, way the individual um, uh, practitioner is being treated, uh, the level of care they can deliver, and the safety of which they, you know, uh, can operate. I mean, come on. You know, we're, we're, we're given these, uh, these truck chassis with these fiberglass bodies and a whole bunch of weight and equipment and wood, uh, you know, screwed together in the back that has absolutely no crash uh, worthiness whatsoever. And we're told to drive, you know, with due regard, but due haste when we're going to a scene. And you know, or coming back from a scene. Now, aren't they coming out though too that that that, that they 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 don't want to approve the box uh, ambulances anymore because of that? You know, I've heard something about that, but, but we just got a, a set of new ambulances to replace some of the old ones, and nothing has changed. As a matter of fact, you know, the only thing that changed is that some of the uh, mod makers are sort of catching on to say, hey, you know, this is a sales position and, you know, something that puts a, gives us the edge over another. And so they, they sort of denote a crash worthiness, mm. uh, you know, crash safety uh, test. But none of it is, is sanctioned for rollovers, which how many times does that happen in, in an ambulance? You know, I mean, and, you know, if it's crash worthiness, it's crash worthiness at 15, 20, 25 miles an hour. I mean, you know, yeah. let's, let's go with reality there. How would that, how if your locals, if your sedan, you know, or your, your truck that you drive at home, you know, had a crash worthiness of uh, 15 miles an hour, you know, what would its be, safety rating be then? Hmm. One of uh, the recent papers was uh, the International Association of Firefighters put out something recommending that we go to bigger ambulances, bigger boxes. And uh, as with most of the International Association of Firefighters stuff, there's no evidence for it. The evidence actually suggests that this is a bad idea. Dr. Nadine Levick does... Uh, a lot of work on safety and she says that most of the people killed in ambulance accidents are outside of the ambulance so if we're driving bigger vehicles that just means we end up killing more people 
Yeah, Nadine is uh, Nadine is pretty up on this, uh, and she's given a lot of lectures around here in the New York area. Um, I actually know her, and uh, she really does put a lot. You know, she she worked previously for um, what was it? The uh, there was a, a government institute. Uh, it's I don't remember the name of it. It's still there, but they do a lot of statistical analysis of highway accidents and stuff, and she got sort of uh, into the end of the ambulance world. Um, but she's... Uh, National Highway Traffic Safety Administration? No, no. She worked before she got involved. That's where she gets a lot of her data, and she actually does mm -hmm. some consulting for them now. But she was... Uh, oh, the GAO? the government accounting office okay. does, does that make sense that they would be ga ca gathering statistics on i, I you know what i don't want to go on everything so maybe that was maybe she was gao i'll have to ask her but uh because i don't remember it's been a little while it's good that you you know if people listening to the show uh you know should hear her name and aware that there are some people who are out there that are not actively, you know, that are not, you know, medics, paramedics, they're not out on the bus, but they are actively involved in what is going on with our industry. And she's one of the, the, the good names to know. She, uh, she's written a lot of good stuff on ambulance safety. Um, you know, I'm glad you brought her, brought her name up, Tim. Yeah, she's important. She knows a lot about what we're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, guys, let me just take a quick two-minute break here, Tim. Um, I, have a, I do have a question to ask you when we get back. So let me just take a quick two-minute break here and talk about uh, EMS Manager, and we'll just come right back. All right, guys? Yep. Mm -hmm. This episode of EMS Office Hours is sponsored by EMS Manager. They've consistently been helping EMS agencies save time and energy with their innovative web-based software for staff scheduling and management. There's a mobile web app accessible from smartphones and other mobile devices with an easy-to-use web interface viewable from anywhere on the Internet. You can check your own schedule and managers and staff can oversee, manage, and make changes to employee schedules from anywhere. Captain Chris Eaton from Springfield Township Fire Department, Springfield, Ohio, says, EMS Manager has cut our scheduling time nearly in half. It's allowed our trades to be monitored more efficiently and cut down the headache of scheduling dramatically. Nate and the entire staff have been prompt in answering our questions and correcting any problems that have arisen. Great system. It's affordable, too. Pricing for EMS Manager is based on the size of your organization and because it's web-based, your employee schedule and software is located in the cloud meaning there are no local additional IT costs to worry about. And there's always free training, free tech support, and free system software updates. If you want this for your system, check out the free customizable trial of EMS Manager at emsmanager.net. I want to thank EMS Manager for sponsoring EMS Office Hours and other shows from the ProMed Network. EMS Manager is proud to support EMS providers and managers through the sponsorship and the support of what we do. Show your support for them. Take a few minutes and sign up for the free trial at emsmanager.net. 
Show them that you appreciate their support by trying out the software. Visit emsmanager.net for Aladtech EMS Manager for online employee scheduling and workforce management. Let them know you've heard it here on EMS Office Hours. This is Paramedic Ellis Reddy from California, and you're listening to the EMS Office Hours Podcast. Alrighty. I always like the end part. <laughs> well, you 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 spent some time with um, Red, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. So, Mr. Redding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mr. Redding. Yeah. As as his friends call. Right. His friends. His friends. So, um, Tim, are you there? I just wanted to ask you. I, I wanted to ask you since you just got back from the expo, and and I'm sure you're more attuned to it than a, a, a lot of people, but. Do you did you get a sense that they were focused uh, or becoming more focused on the research and and things in EMS and and sort of pushing that line when it comes to some of the products and and the lectures and things like that or did it, did it seem to be more of the same sort of uh, hold the line conversation? I didn't look so much at the products that were in the exhibit area and I chose to go to the presentations that were more evidence-based. So I don't know what, you know, they have uh, like eight or ten different presentations at the same time. Right, so, right. Hey, Tim, I that was because I didn't have a booth there, right? No, of course. Uh, thank you, man. Yeah. Thanks, I appreciate it. I don't that. know. Maybe you did have somebody there. I, there were... A lot of uh, exhibits. You don't go and get the swag. Try to get some of the some of the freebies, the pens and the stickers and everything. Oh, it's such crap now. I don't know. No, it used to be good swag. It used to be free, you know, free things. Yeah, baseball you know, hats and with stuff. With a stretcher, you and know. Now, now you're lucky you get, get a, a. Now you're lucky a, you get a pen. Get a, a jaws of life there, you know. <laughs> now you get, yeah, you get a carabiner, a button, and a pen. Here's a flashlight. It's not even a real flashlight. It's a little LED attached to a battery. The casing's extra. Yeah, that kind of stuff doesn't really do it for me. <laughs> so did you find out that the, that the, uh, the, the evidence-based uh, presentations uh, seemed to be making sense of other people that you were uh, there with watching it? Or did everybody sort of like kind of preaching to the choir when you go to those things? I think that uh, EMS in general is coming to realize that uh, we need to show that the things we do work, that they help the patients, don't harm the patients, or that uh, uh, net is a benefit rather than neutral or harmful. And we keep getting more evidence that the things we do are harmful. So uh, people are realizing, yeah, we got to pay attention to what we're doing. We've got to learn. And if we don't know what we're doing, how can our patients possibly give informed consent if we don't it, give them enough information? If we don't, if we don't stop, start changing our wicked ways, 
Tim. It might go to the point that the evidence comes out that you're better off not calling an ambulance because all the antiquated crap that we do to you is going to kill you instead of help you before you get to the hospital. Well, a couple hundred years ago, or say 150 years ago, when uh, homeopathy was invented, which is complete nonsense, but at the time, it was better than going to a doctor because standard of care among doctors was to bleed you. <laughs> Bleeding doesn't do anything beneficial except maybe if you've got uh, hemochromatosis, which is your body holding on to too much iron, producing too much blood. So you actually need to have blood removed to produce a benefit. But other than yeah, that, saw that on royal good and it probably and it probably makes you a lot worse. Well, under those circumstances, getting something that's nothing but a placebo, such as homeopathy or acupuncture, is better than going to a doctor because what you're getting from the doctor is harmful. But now that doctors are doing stuff that is more evidence-based and beneficial, it's exactly the opposite. The placebo is not a preferred treatment. There are some things where you're probably better off with the placebo things for back pain. There is no good medical treatment for back pain. And that is one thing where placebo works. So have your mother kiss your back and tell you it's going to feel better and avoid going to the doctor. Don't take homeopathy. Don't go to an acupuncturist. Now, avoid all that nonsense. Well, wait a second. You know, uh, I don't want to get into a whole thing here, but there is evidence that acupuncture does work. It's not just Yeah, but it's bad evidence. The evidence that has compared an active placebo where they use sham acupuncture toothpicks at the wrong spot where they don't go through the skin, the patients can't tell the difference between that and the real acupuncture. And they also have expert acupuncture, the personalized best acupuncture you can get. They, there is no difference. They all produce the same result. So if it doesn't matter where you put the needles, if it doesn't matter if they even go through the skin and you get the same result, it's nothing but a placebo. It's an elaborate placebo, but it is just a placebo. Well, uh, I'm not going to... Uh I, I can't get into that because I don't know the research that you've done. I only know the research that I've seen, and obviously it's not the comparative research to a placebo. So, um, but I'll take a look if at that. If you compare uh, acupuncture to a pill, then the acupuncture is going to do better because it is a more elaborate procedure. And as placebos go, you know, a red pill versus a blue pill you get different responses. Listen, you know, uh, something uh, Dr. that is manipulative Sir, versus a pill is going to get more of a result. Dr. Cerno from N, uh, NY, uh, uh, from uh, uh, New York Hospital, um, is an orthopedic surgeon, and he basically says that uh, even uh, surgery is a placebo. Uh, for a lot of it is. how he has seen back pain. So, you know, I mean, look, there's a lot to be said. That's about part of why I was saying don't go to a doctor. Yeah, right. Well, and well, I was going to some make of the doctors on... will have you go toward the surgeon. And, oh, absolutely. Uh, I mean, look, I had back surgery, and uh, I've definitely lived that end of it. But on the other side of it, 
I know that acupuncture was the only treatment that worked for me. What about, uh, medical, what about medical marijuana? Uh, no, I haven't uh, tried that for uh, back pain. I can't say whether or not it works. Although I've seen a lot of evidence now that, you know, there is real uh, medicinal um, effects from, uh, from pot. So, you know, who's to say where it will be in, in the future? But uh, I know that chemical treatment for back pain, for me, didn't work. Um, and uh, I needed a process of uh, both uh, uh, a deep tissue massage and then acupuncture, and, and it it works like it works like nothing else has ever. And and I can only state that I've been able to climb a mountain with a heavy backpack and uh, and run three triathlons, and and those are the things that you know that those are that make me hungry. Yeah, well, I'm about to have a or maybe it was the massage. <laughs> huh? I missed or that maybe it was the massage. Right, maybe, maybe, maybe it was well, the massage. There's yeah. a lot to be said that massage is, is very good, but to be honest with you, for me personally, the massage actually became, it was almost more painful. It was more erotic. No, oh. it was really not erotic, but okay. it was more painful, and then the acupuncture followed it really uh, alleviated the pain. And then at that point in time, I had flexibility and men uh, movement. So you know, look, you know, it's one of those things that uh, can still be chalked up to individuals. I think um, certainly for me, it's a well, thing that placebo you, is it, in effect. Placebo right. is one of the best uh, pain management tools we have. Oh, and but, Jim has said many times, you know, with his five CCs of life, right? Thank you. Yeah. You know, exactly. I mean, how many times have we given uh, a bolus of saline and said, this should make you feel better, and lo and behold. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the mind is a, is a very powerful thing, for sure. Well, endorphins are naturally occurring in the body, and the mind can release them to relieve pain. It's something, it was the first thing, I think, that we learned about the placebo effect when uh, placebos were given and they were told that it was pain medicine and then we gave Narcan and reversed the effects. That was how endorphins and encephalin were identified. Hmm. Tim, were you, on, were you on any of the podcasts when you were over in, in, in Vegas? Yeah, uh, with uh, Ben Gilmore who uh, just uh, put out a movie called Paramedico and the book by the same title. He's Australian and traveled around the world riding with different ambulance services. I think he was 13 different ones in the movie in uh, Honolulu, Mexico City, I think it was Karachi, and Venice. And you get to see the way EMS is done in a variety of different situations. And you did, you did uh, the, the host, movie, I think. No, I wasn't the host. I was just one of the guests. Uh, the movie, I think, is at uh, paramedico.com.au because it's Australian. You put the .au on the end. Right. Um, and also Steve Worth was on there from Paige Wolfberg and Worth, and Chris Montero was the host. Okay. 
I just, what was it, the garage? Is that what the, what the it was on? Or? Probably. Okay. I think they were still discussing that when we started the show. Oh. This, this, was, <laughs> this was taped, though, at the, uh, at, in Vegas. Right. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure they'll have it up there. They'll probably have it up soon. I'm sure. So it sounds interesting. That's for sure. Gotta see if that paramedic go and see what that yeah, is on. Yeah, available to see online, and uh, the one that is online is longer apparently than the one we saw, which was edited so that it would be uh, appropriate for TV. Okay. Yeah. That's the show, Paramedico. Yeah. I'm putting now, because all I've seen is the clips sh announcing it. I haven't seen the full show yet. They should yeah, I'm put a link I'm to the site. Yeah, you're right, though. It's paramedico.com. Yeah. Uh, one of the things he said is that the Mexico City ambulance, they kept running out of fuel. Uh, they had a broken fuel gauge and the crews kept complaining saying we need to get this repaired so we know how much fuel we have and, and management was not doing that hmm. yeah I see that I'm on the site the now crew yeah but that's lazy. the trailer Jim what no I know but paramedical.au is the is the site so. .com.au I think it is yeah, right. dot com. Paramedical. dot com. dot au is the is the. I put I put a link in the chat room. You can take a look at that. That's got the the main thing there. Now, so it just came out in the U.S. on on September eighth. So that's what it says here is going to get released in the USA on September eighth. Oh, okay. So yeah, that definitely sounds interesting. It's a, I'll put a link in the I'll put a link in the show notes too, so uh, anybody listening can can take a look at that. Um, you know, it give, it's great because it gives us a connection to the rest of the world, to all these other people that are basically doing the same thing we're doing. I mean, it's like, you know, this, 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 I, and I don't want to, I'm not putting down the U.S., so keep the emails to a freaking minimum. I'm just saying we're, we're totally U.S.-centric, thinking we're absolutely the best. And, um, you know, there are other really good people all around the world, some of them dealing with far less than we have to work with, under far worse conditions, and they're doing the same damn thing. Well, it's not just about America being better than other places. You have uh, each different locality thinking they're better than everybody around them. Oh, we need to get back in service right away because if we don't, then our neighboring service is going to have to cover for us, and that would be too dangerous for our patients. Never mind that most of the people in the neighboring service also work part time for the same service. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, we don't think about what we do, and we just assume that we do it the best possible way. And we eat our young. Let's get it all in there together. Yeah, everybody knows I do it the best way. It doesn't matter anyway. I'm paramedic of the year. Well, so. you're paramedic. You've been noted. You, yeah. it, it's been noted. I've been it's recognized. It's a matter of fact. It's gotten to both me and I think it's coming to Tim soon that you are the best paramedic in the region of the Northeast. You know, yeah, I'm that's rogue I think of the in year. the movie South of Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, well, listen, listen, let, why don't we end there, guys, because we only got about another four minutes left anyway. Um, Tim, I appreciate you calling in. I haven't heard from you in a while. I always enjoy having you on the show. It's always an interesting time. I always love to see insight, you know. Um, so, I have uh, a Sunday where I'm not doing it this time. So yeah. what's up? Wait, you know, before we totally get off, what's up with that, Tim? Now, have you switched? Um, have you switched uh, uh, schedules, or are you did no. your seniority catch up, or what? No, um, we have cut back a little bit on crews, so we have been busier. And uh, today just works out to being a nice, quiet day. No, that's good. Sweet. All right. All right, Tim, are you still doing the uh, the rogue medic rants over there on standing orders, or you? I need to get some more posted. I haven't done one in a while, and uh, I saw both uh, Matt and Brad from uh, Standing Orders, and um, we didn't get anything done while we were out in Vegas, not podcast wise. (laughs) Right, right. I will get something soon. All right, just something for people. Yeah, just something for people to keep an eye out. So you know what I mean. It's always uh, I always love the uh, newer content and different views and stuff on it. It's always a always a plus. So, I haven't been uh, blogging as much either. No. Well, I, I, I've seen you. Well, I did. I think you know, all of us have kind of cut back the past like month. I understand I the Vegas hookers can tire you out, Tim. But you really, you know, relaxed yeah. a little bit. You had your time down. Now come on back. Let's right. start kicking some ass, okay? All right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Shouldn't I have a big hooker for that? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's going to charge you extra, man. I thought I told you about that. Yeah. I'm an EMS. I can't afford any of that. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> Listen, I did uh, notice that there were women primarily would not smile at me who uh, were smiling at me out there. And I got the impression that uh, those were the professionals. Uh, yeah, well, they can judge how much, how thick your wallet is by, you know, just looking at you. No. Nah. Oh, I'm prettier in Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> All right, listen, uh, I guess we'll just end it there. Uh I'll put your uh, I'll put your of course your blog in the show notes. Everyone go check out Tim over at roguemedic.com. dot com. Um, Josh of course is at dot com. And um, I guess maybe we'll see everybody uh, next week. Sounds like a plan. Alrighty, all right, Tim. Thanks. I'll talk to you later. Have a good one. You too. All right. Take care, Tim. All right, well, that's it for me. As always, uh, you have any questions, concerns, or comments, be sure to send them over to me. My email is jhoff at emssco.com. Until next week, as always, 